it's your boy King Dave here, and this is the Fallon Show. Hope all is going well. Um, I got my G on here today, man. How about you introduce yourself, brother, and where you're from? Uh it's the Huya here. I'm from a small town on the west coast of New Zealand, uh, North Island near Kafia. And uh yeah, I'm the founder of Bomb Life New Zealand. So yeah, it's me. Kafia, founder of Bomb Life, man. So really, this man needs no introduction, man. Here in New Zealand, man, um, he gets around this time, man. Yeah, nah, man. This guy, uh, man, he does a lot. This guy, man. I've been following him since I came back here to New Zealand, man. Um, you always have a laugh watching your stuff, my bro. Always have a laugh, but um. Oh, man. We'll touch into um, what he's doing now and things like that um, in a minute. But I mean, um, how about you introduce yourself, brother? So you grew up in Kafia, is it? Yep. So, yeah, I, I was born in a small town, Te Awamutu, uh, south of Hamilton. And I was raised out in Kafia by my grandparents. And um, that's pretty much where the whole bomb life and all that stuff started, bro, when I was a baby and, you know, being raised up out, out, the, out the coast, brought up off the land. So, um it just bro just being brought up by the old people it sort of made me and shaped me to be who i am today so yeah bro that's you just... know you can see that bro you can see that um you know you're a wise man my bro straight up <laughs> you can see it man you can see it um mm. can you sort of paint a picture of like what is um oh sorry bro so out in kafia or so where did you grow up sorry again i just like yeah, no, I brought up, I was brought up out there, out in Kafia, went to yeah, school there yeah. and everything, and um, we yeah, brought up on a lifestyle block there, about five acres, so my nan and granny taught me how to eat off the land, you know, how to cultivate it, how to, you know, you know, just the basic stuff, the country boy stuff, so yeah, I'm a country boy at heart, brother, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah so can you sort of paint a picture um, to viewers of like, um, yeah, it's basically what Kafia is like, like the population size, um, you know, small town, I'm guessing, and Yep, so yeah, Kafia is like a, oh, well, back in the day, because it used to be booming, uh, just like a lot of small towns around Aotearoa, you know, Kafia was run by, uh, it was obviously had the, it's by the sea, so in the harbour there's a lot of fishing there going on, a lot of um, commercial fishing, uh, mahi to do in the forestry, there was always something to do, um, just down the road there's Taharoa, and that's where they got the iron sands and that stuff, so the town was booming once upon a time, um, I think, you know, I, as time goes on, you know, work sort of runs out and people start heading off overseas and it. So the town's gone real small now. So I think population-wise, back in the day, we were about maybe 10,000, and that's quite small. But um, now I think probably down to a fact, about 500 or something. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so a lot real... of people moved to the city, um, I guess, or overseas. Yeah, definitely, because everyone's all growing up and they've all, you know, left the nest, so to speak. So, yeah, nah, but, but that's it's always been home, brother. Um, always, you know, plenty of kaimana. So we go and, uh, and feed off the off the, off the the moana, or we go into the ngahe, into the bush, and going, you know, pig hunting and that stuff. So a lot of whanau's around here. There's, there's quite a few marais around here too, so heaps of whanau all. We all work together in that stuff. So, yeah, that's been our hometown because, yeah. Oh, sweet, man, sweet. So, so I'm like, what was your experiences uh, personally, man, growing up? Um, you know, was it uh, pretty good, you know, um, being able, being taught all of those um, things? And, um, you know, was it, how, how was it for you? Well, I'll tell you what, because if, uh, to be honest, I thought it was prison. Because <laughs> 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 my, my grandparents took me in and... um. 
very I I got heaps of cousins, very heaps. And I was even thinking, why me? I don't want to come out here. I got no cousins to play with. It was all just on my own. So I didn't really like it very, very enough. I wanted to be in town. I want to eat McDonald's. I want to play a PlayStation or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. all I had to do was fucking go outside and pick up horse shit or something and fucking put in the garden or something. I had to do all that kind of money. So yeah, yeah I, I, was, I was taught tough love. I was taught how to, you know, all that stuff really just had to grow fast for a year and look after myself and that. And um. Yeah, I always wanted to come into town, bro, and be like the rest of the cousins. But nah, that's just been the way I was brought up. Going to school, bro, my upbringing, it was pretty, bro, I was picked on quite a lot, but it was by the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there, bro. Been there, cousins. Yeah, bro, straight up. Because yeah. at, at that school, Campia School, um, yeah, I went to school and, um, with a few bros, and we were quite the popular boys, so to speak. And that's just been... Um, yeah, we even to this day I still see the bros nowadays and get to link up with the brothers and they're doing their own thing. But yeah, we used to be the popular boys at school and used to, you know, get teased and picked on by the girls heaps. So then I found out later on it was because they liked us and they didn't know how to fucking express it. So yeah, yeah. Well, bro. <laughs> so, but nah, those those were the days cause growing up at school. Um but do you yeah, mind you touching said. it all on um what it was like being raised by your um your grandparents, bro? Like um Yep. You mind touching on that at all? Yep. So the wisdom in that came from my grandfather. He was a very bro. He was a bro. I look up to their fella like straight up. He was a he's he was one of those fellas that done so much in a lifetime and like more than one thing. Like he was um bro. He he trialed for the Maori All Blacks. He coached them. He took them down south, down to Nelson to um when they done their campaign tour and that stuff. He. He owned a quarry, bro, and like um, he used to, bro. He did so much stuff. He was, I think, he was like one of the first Maori businessmen back home in Tawamitu. This was at a time when Maori weren't allowed to buy houses, bro. You weren't allowed to put your name on the house unless you married a Paki or something, and you got her name on there. But those were the days, bro. And he was telling me about um, you know, he, he taught me a lot about um, he taught me a lot about how like I'm not gonna I'm probably going to say it like it is, but working with Pākehā is more beneficial in ways than to work with Māori because he sort of found it hard, you know, trying to work his way in life with Māori because they're so opinionated and they're so, you know, so he taught me business, taught me, you know, who's going to, you know, who to work with, who not to and that stuff. So he, he taught me a lot, bro. He was mainly my dictionary and my fucking calculator, everything, bro. Um he used to send me down to the rubbish dump. So right up where our batch is, just below it is a rubbish dump. And um, he used to send us all down there with um, rubbish bags, bro. He used to go tell us, go down there and go and collect all those um, aluminium cans. And those are those, uh, all those beer cans. And he reckons, yeah, bro, and once they fill up, you come back up here and then we'll send you back down and do it again. So I did it for a full year, bro. And I was thinking, what the hell am I doing this for? This ain't, I'm not benefiting anything. I'm, you know, send me down to a dump. Is this punishment? You know, he's the thing. And then over a year, bro, once a year was up, all those cans that I collected, bro, went straight to the scrap metal, bro, and I got paid for that stuff. So you taught me how to hustle from the dirt, really, and that's where um, that's where, where I learned how to run business and all that stuff. And my, I started to realise that, hey, I'm, I'm getting pretty onto it here, hanging out with the old fella and that stuff, and he's teaching me a lot of stuff. My grandmother, she taught me morals. So she taught me tikanga, she taught me um, kawa on the marae and that stuff. And 
to, you know, always be honest and that stuff. And, um, yeah, she just taught me how to be a good person. And um, when you got those two people, they, 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 they teach you all those kinds of stuff. You know, I think I'm blessed, if anything, to be brought up by them. As a kid, I thought it was prison. But now looking back at it, bro, I give five minutes just to get a piece of their time again, you know. So humble beginnings, really, because yeah, yeah, they were very influential people. Very influential people. Mm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man, with what you were do- with what you're doing with bomb life and things like that. Yeah. Like it, it makes a lot of sense, brother. Yeah, but my heart out. I always think about the mother, like not a day goes by. You know, even when I do a, you know, when I reach a little piece of success, like or we've hit a milestone to do a business or something, and I feel good. I always think of them. You know, and I just give them a bit of a thank you in my heart and that stuff. And then, yeah, even in my failures, I look to them for strength. So yeah, they're always there. They always will be. So yeah. yeah. So can I ask, um, like, uh, like, were your parents um around, bro? Like your your actual parents or? Yep. So, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, my mum and dad. Um, yep, they had me, brother. And then uh, my dad. I think my dad found it very hard for me. Uh, well, very hard to accept that I was actually his. He actually didn't believe that I was his. So he, uh, yeah, through discussion and that stuff, this is my mum's telling me this. She told me that um, he, he actually took me off her and shipped me over to Carpia to my grandparents. And um, maybe because, you know, I don't know, maybe because of some complications or whatever. Well, mind you, they were both working, so they couldn't really, you know, I don't know. There was something, uh, something I still, bit of a, a thing I want to ask you, but that's what happened. He ended up shipping me off the coffee and I was raised by the old people. So growing up, I only got to see them now and then. Um, it wasn't until I turned about nine to 10 years old where they actually came to Kafia and lived there and I started living with them. Um, but it wasn't for a long time because uh, I think it was about 10, my old man got sick, bro. And, um, but we didn't know what it was went to the doctors and the doctor said nah we don't we can't figure out what it is and you know we've been sent back and forth back and forth scans to find out later on that he was diagnosed with cancer uh i don't know if it was in the kidneys or in the liver but wherever it was it was riddled bro he was riddled all over the place and yeah so he it was very hard bro trying to get to know my dad as and grow up at the same time and you know because he was, he was a very hard man he was very strict um, he had so much high expectations on me. He tried to teach me times tables when I was like two years old and bro used to get the mean hammered for it. Bro used to get dongs and all because I couldn't get it right. Never taught me how to work it out. He just taught me how to remember the answers, you know. So he was one of those fellas, bro. He always went the hard way about things and that was my old man. So it really was hard on me and the old lady. So wasn't until 11 12 we he was there pretty much on his deathbed and he uh yeah ended up passing on so yeah this was right into my adolescence where i was trying to figure out who am i going to be in life you know mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah um but the thing that was out of it brother i'll tell you one thing so my old man used to growl me all the time he used to send me off and get the fuck out the house go over there blah blah, blah. and uh he he sent me off one time because I did something, bro. Like oh, I couldn't make his toast properly, bro. I used to butter toast, and I could. I still do it to this day, bro. I just hit the middle. I don't hit the whole toast. I don't know why. It's just my habit. Well, I did it, and I gave it. I thought I'd make him breakfast, bro. And he wasn't appreciative of it. 
And he fucking went nuts, nuts at me and the old lady told him, you know, look, you know, be, um, don't be like that. Only made you breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And he was still ungrateful. So I took off, stormed off up the road. Now, there's a shed just up the hill from where our where where bachelors in Kafia. And I went up to the shed. This is my granddad's tool shed. And I was walking around cursing, you know, thinking, fuck you, fuck, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And I said one thing, bro, which I sort of can make sense now. I said, um, I wish you would die. That's what I said. I fucking just wish you would die. And um, right up above, there's a shelf. Right up above. And um, this is where Granite's tools were. Well, right up above was the carving of um, the upoko that, um, that sits on top of a meeting house. Yeah. That came off our marae. Granite brought it back and he sat it up there. Well, when I said that, bro, I wish you would die. Bro, no lines. That thing came off, bro, and knocked me out. It fell off the shelf, bro. Oh, wow. no <laughs> yeah, way. and I, yeah, bro. And I woke up on the ground, and it was like staring at me, bro. Oh, got the meanest right. And I knew straight away that that meant something, eh? Yeah, yeah. Bro, that meant to me, bro. Be careful what you wish for, you know. And that's what happened, bro. Not long after that, he got sick. So yeah. Oh, mm. out, man. Well, yeah. Sorry about sorry about your loss, brother. Um, man, is some is that something that's really happened a lot in your life, man? Like spiritual type sort of um omens like that, bro. Like has that oh. some, been something that's been a part of your life frequently, or? Bro, definitely. I, I, I bro, straight up. I, I think that you know that's why I always when people curse and stuff, I always say, be careful what you say, yeah, bro. Honestly, bro. Yeah. you have to. Because, bro, this wasn't actually the first time I've actually wished it on someone. And it's actually happened. It's been two people. Oh, wow. And starting to, like, really think about, hey, now I've got to really just think about this before. Because it happened to someone that I really didn't like. And it happened, bro. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, nah, this is just a coincidence. Then uh, something else happened. Someone did something to me and really affected me, bro. And then I wished it on them. And then, sure enough, it did. So I think, you know, uh, yeah, it's the spiritual realm, bro, is, is, is pretty much a walk with it, really. Yeah, man. Yep, definitely, man. Like, I got shivers, man, just from you saying Ooh. that, bro. Far out. Yeah. Even my grandfather, I think I think they knew that I had something, too, because there's, like, I don't know, he, there was certain times where there was things that he knew that I had to, um, he knew, and he knew that I knew that I had the certain thing about me he was, um, I can't really put my finger on it, but one time, so there was these pamphlets, bro, and they had our chief on it. And um, Granddad told me, we have thousands of them. We're supposed to deliver them in the mail. I was only a kid then, and we had thousands of them. And Granddad said, here, put these in the fire. And then, um, but he knew straight away, because, you know, when you do something like that, and it's got, it's tapu airs, bro. You put that stuff in the fire, you know, it could create a, a big fucking, you know, you just don't know what will happen with stuff like that. So I told Granddad, oh, Granddad, can you, can you do a karakia for this? And he knew straight away, oh, you know about that stuff, you know? And I said, yeah, I don't, I know, because, bro, I don't, wanna, I don't want anything to come back onto me. Mm. So Granddad sort of respected that. That was between me and him. You know, he respected that, and he knew that I was spiritual. So, yeah, bro, that's... It's been like that my whole life, really. Far mm. out, man. Even though like, you got birds following you around a lot of the time, too, isn't it, brother? Bro, that, that's crazy. Yeah, mm. kaitiaki. I call them kaitiaki for guardian. Yeah. yeah, bro, because um, they say a fantail, bro, when it comes to a house, it's actually bad luck. It's an indication of, um, you know, death or someone dying in the whanau or something. 
but bro, this bear's been doing more than coming inside the house, bro. Straight up, been following me all over the place, and even I can hear him, bro, in the rain, and I'm like, oh man, it's out of it, bro. Oh, so I right. thought, hey, I thought I'd, I'd make him a birdhouse just to sort of create some way of peace for it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. later, later, here, yeah, I got this buddy for you, and um, I'll put some bread in there or whatever. I don't know what you fellas eat, but yeah. Just ah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, definitely. And I'm a big believer in the spirit world as well, my bro. So that's why I can see it with you, you know what I mean? By watching yeah. your stories and things like that. So, yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense, my bro. So, uh, um, so, for, all right, so we're going back to when you were younger. So, um, yep. were there many uh challenge for, challenges for you as, um, you know, an adolescent, a teenager? You know what I mean? Was there, um, any battles? You know what I mean? Was there any, um, sort of um how do you say like um negative influences at all um coming uh growing up and then as a young man yeah brother there was, bro, there was like the testing times those times you know when the old man passed away you know he was our breadwinner so you know mum was the stay-at-home wife and you know, used to cook clean and eat oh yeah feed us in it but um brother ah, those times just i felt Bro, it was just really tough, actually. I remember, you know, the father used to tell me, oh, you know, now that dad's gone, you're going to be the man of the house. And that sounded scary enough for a 12-year-old, you know, having to, mm. you know, not only protect mum, but how am I going to help feed mum? How's mum going to feed me? You know, she don't have a job. I'm at school. We don't have kai in the, in the house. We don't have anything um, other than just the four walls and the roof and trying to figure out how we're going to finish off mum's mortgage, pay it off, whatever. So, bro, I... You know, back in those days, bro, there was no social media stuff like this. We couldn't, you know, express ourselves and be who we are and want to be all, you know. So our, our role models back in the day were my, my, well, mine were my cousins. And they were into all that, um, you know, all that West Side gang stuff. And, you know, coming from Carfield, West Coast, and, you know, that was, that's been our thing. And um, that was the cool back in the day. That was, you know, and... um. Alcohol was the thing, bro. Getting getting on the piss and uh, they used to smoke and all that stuff. And uh, I knew from the you know, obviously being brought up by my nan and granted, I knew what was right from wrong. So looking at them, they I knew they were wrong, but there was no better role models than them at that time. So they were the ones always active, taking me out and doing things, going on missions and doing stuff, and you know, getting on the piss, and that was cool. And you know, that was. That was shit, to be honest, bro, because I knew, like, even, even though they passed me a bottle, I knew that this wasn't the way. I knew, nah, I'm, there's something out there. I'm not here for nothing. You can't bring, bring, you know, bring me up by the old people and have this, this solid backbone put into me and then throw me straight into the burbs where it's, you know, all hood airs and, you know, I'm looking at everyone like they're idiots, you know. I'm like, bro, you fellas are idiots. Can't you see what she's up to? He's getting into trouble, getting locked up in the cells, getting on the piss and selling drugs and all this shit. And I was like, fuck, you fellas are, you know, you fellas need to be brought up by the old people. You need to go back up to coffee, you know. And, like, they always, you know, just they were just bad, bad influences, brother, in ways, um, which now they're, 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 they're awesome now. They're, they're, they're fathers, they're they're hardworking men now. They're doing their best now. They sort of see the whole thing. Um, the bigger dif- uh, the bigger picture now, which is cool. But back then, brother, there was nothing. I remember, um, you know, uh, my, I remember I, was, I used to cut, uh, 
hop couches, you know, at all my cousin's house. I'll go eat out their fridges, bro. And if there's no more f- food there, I'll go to the next cousin's house and then the next cousin's house. And that, that was me growing up 13, 14. And um, I remember one time I came back home and all the family was parked outside the house. And I was like, hey, what the hell? There's a party going on or something. So I walk inside the house. Oh, cheer, party. What's everyone up to? Everyone was devastated. They all looked gutted in that. Well, what do you fellas sad for? And I go and have a look. The old ladies on the couch there, she had a dose on morphine. And I was like, what the hell? And yeah, it was, she was tired of this place. You know, she couldn't handle it. She couldn't, you know, she just, she was just over everything. And I saw, I was, oh, you know, being an adolescent, you don't know how to take that stuff being a teenager. So, you know, I got angry at her. I was like, how selfish are you? You know, you're going to leave me here and I have to fend for myself and make it worse, you know, but. That was, you know, uh, it was real tough, bro, trying to understand, get my head around all this shit that's been going on around me. Mum ended up coming clean, they, um, and she finally, or not coming clean, she never was a druggie or anything. She just was just seeing opportunity to take it, and she took it. So when she came, um, you know, finally fixed herself in it, you know, it was life was just, it's still hard for her today, bro, you know, um, but... Yeah, she just tried her best to be a mother and tried her best to feed me and that stuff, and it was really hard. You know, I used to go into the fridge after school and there's nothing but alcohol and an onion in the fridge, fucking beers in there, and there's no kai. And um, it was those are the days when there was beers before kai. And um, he used to go to the bro's house just to fucking, you know, scab something to eat and that. So, yeah, I ended up having to leave school, bro, and I was um, I left school so I could chop wood just to get money so I can go and help the old lady pay for something, bread, whatever. And, what were um, you then, bro? Eh? How old were you then? I was about 13, going into 14. Right. So I left school. Um, I remember during school, bro, uh, you know, my um, cooking class, we didn't even have enough to buy ingredients, bro, so I had to lie to the teacher, you know. Oh, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, we forgot. I forgot the ingredients. And they used to tell me, you know, next time, you know, you sort it out. And that was embarrassing, bro, in front of the class, having to go home. You know, you got no kai. That was pretty tough. Um, and one time, this part really hit me, bro, was when we were supposed to go for a trip down to Napier just to study the earthquake or something at school. And our trip was $262. And I remember how much it cost because it was bloody, it was a nightmare, that whole bloody experience, a whole situation. So us as Māori, it was hard to come up with $262. So mum, like, you know, I used to tell mum, don't worry about it, mum. I'll just stay home. All good. Don't worry about it. And she was like, no, no, no. I want to try and help you get there, bro. And she used to use her um, dull money just to go to the um, pokies, bro, and just try and fucking hope she got a jackpot or something and just make the most of what she could. Otherwise, we're going hungry and, and, and no trip to Napier. And it wasn't until, bro, it was like we had three three months to come up with the money, bro. It wasn't until the last day where she finally fucking got the money from the pokies and she gave it to me. She goes, here you go, son. Take that into your teacher. And I was like, I felt so, so gutted. I felt like, sorry, mum, you had to go and do all that just to have, like, allow, like, try and get me to have a good experience or something, you know. I just felt really gutted and I wanted to give it back to her, but she wouldn't accept it. So I ended up going taking it to school. And I gave it to the teacher. And the thing that fucked me off the most was the teacher told me about time. That's what she said. About time, you sorted that out. I was like, bro, you don't know what we went through 
to get fucking on your guys' stupid band to go down to Napier to study shit that I don't even care about. You know, you just put us through like even more fucking, you know, stress and shit. So that really sort of made me tear up a bit. I felt so sorry for the old lady. But um, yeah, but it was just me and her against the world, bro. Fuck, it was real hard those times growing up. Um, people coming in and out of the house, just randoms. It's just crazy, bro. I remember mum had a partner at the time and um, they took off on a holiday and they got this fella who he's passed away a couple of years ago now, but he's not really all there in the head. Well, they, they asked him if he could um, babysit me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I can look after myself, man. You know, and they're like, no, 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 you need someone there. Oh, sweet, all good. So they go off on their holiday and this fella comes over to the house. And um, he was, uh, you know, he's on the piss and that stuff. And out of it, random fellas coming over into the house. And I was like thinking, oh, fuck. Couldn't even tell them to fuck off. You know, I'm too young. These fellas will come knock me out. So I was thinking, fuck you, I'll stay in my room. So I go and stay in my room. Bro, I wake up at about one o'clock in the morning to this fella pissing on me, bro. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you up to, cunt? And he was, because he wasn't all there. He was pissing all over me, pissing all over my jaws and stuff. And he was just a porangi cunt. And I, fuck, I, it was the first time where I felt so vulnerable and felt so weak. And I sort of missed being with my grandparents because they gave me the strength. So I knew I didn't belong there in that area. My mum didn't even know this. You're probably the first person I told this to, brother. So that's that sort of like gave me trust issues. It gave me fucking everything, bro. Anxiety, strangers coming into the house. I don't know. I'll fucking, you know, I get real sus. I get real thing. And it's traumatized me through to this day. Even my father's, you know, his, his mental bully tactics and manipulation and all that stuff sort of created an anxiety for me as well, trauma. And uh, that's why I failed in school, because I kept thinking every male teacher was like him. And, uh, you know, he'll bash the shit out of me or something. So it was real tough, you know, a real tough time for me to try and figure out who am I going to be when I'm going through all that shit. So, yeah, that, that's 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 what happened when I was 13, 14, 15. Shit was hell. Oh, yeah. man, it sounds like hell, man. Like, brother, I commend you, man, for what you're doing yeah. now, brother, after going through all of that sort of stuff, man, having to provide yeah. and just, oh, man, much respect, brother, straight up. Yeah. Um, even with the, so what was it like in the working after, you know, during that and leaving school and um, having to provide and... um. Bro, that that was that was it was an okay time, brother. It took my head away from all the shit that was going on around life, you know, going to work yeah, was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that just you know, being occupied and keeping my mind going and working and because uh, you know, being a worker out on the farm, that's all I'm all I felt I was good at, you know. So being away from the hood and all that shit and all the shit that goes on and all the ugliness and that stuff and all the alcohol and shit. Yeah, bro, that that was those were good times and having to pay Hey, mum sort of made me feel good. Her having the house running, having the lights on and that shit felt good. Um, so yeah, moving on until um, I think it was, I can't remember what year it was, but it was New Year's Eve. We all, we all headed out to Kafia again. That's what we do, bro. Every New Year, Christmas to New Year's, all the fun, it goes out to Kafia and we celebrate, you know, being together and it. And um, bro, fuck, Buzzy, you talked about their spiritual stuff because this is probably what happened too. Yeah, fuck, yeah, so the 
the day before New Year's Eve, we were downtown at this party where all my cousin's mate, his name's Black, they call him Black. And we're at this party doing our chilling now, you know, just kicking back. And um, I decided to stay tonight. Now, um, it's very, bro, it's, it's not right for me to be away from the batch without telling the whanau. Like, I'm always at the batch. And if I go anywhere, I've got to tell my granddad because he's always worried about me. But I didn't tell the whanau. I ended up staying at the batch at the bro's house. And nothing wrong there. All good, everything was all right. It wasn't until the next day, my cousin Black turned up. Where the fuck were you at? And I was like, oh, oh, no, I was here. Bro, fuck, next time you go somewhere, you tell us or you tell granddad, fuck, we're worried as about you. He's worried about you. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I've never, ever heard my cousin talk to me like that. And I was like, oh, fuck, sorry, cousin. He's not, nah, get the fuck in the Utah. And I was like, oh, you're all good. So I jump in the back of the Ute. And he sits and he's sitting in front of the passenger. And I was looking at him and I had, a, I had this bad feeling. It wasn't, it was like a, a spiritual bad feeling and i don't know about it. i just i just I, you know i was young i couldn't control anything like that or you know figure out what signs meant back then in it and we ended up going back to our batch where i got a growling from my granddad you know next go something tell us yep sweet is there was something about the cousin i just looked at him and i just knew something sh- like was gonna happen and then um Later on that afternoon, we all go downtown. So all my cousins are going on the car farm, you know, and um, doing our thing, fun, mingling with everyone. And it went through the last, where we all had to go back to the batch, because we celebrate the fireworks in there. And all the car loads of fun are boosting back to the batch. And the last one was me, my cousin Shans, and Black. And me and Shans were there on the side of the road, and we seen Black in the pub. And we told him, cuz, let's go, let's roll. Black to us, no, 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 I'm gonna stay here. And we're like, hey, nah, come out, hurry up, we need you. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, all good, so you fellas go back up, I'll meet you back up there soon. And we're like, sweet as, all good. And then we all jump in the car and we take off. Black's the last Tehuya left back at the pub. And I knew straight away, fuck, nah, there's something wrong. I, I think, I don't know, I think we need to get him. Nah, didn't listen to it, didn't say anything. So we ended up going back to the batch. Later on that night, fucking shooting back some um, funnels and that, getting on the piss and that. But I decided to sober up a bit because I knew I just had this feeling about that, about the cuz. And five of my cousins were so drunk that they wanted to go downtown to grab them. And they said, where's the youth keys? And I quickly ran to the youth to grab the keys because I wanted, didn't want them to drive down drunk. So I, I kept them. And um, they, they asked me, oh, have you seen the keys? No, no, I haven't seen them. Oh, fuck, we need to get down to the batch. We need to fucking... And I was thinking, you fellas shouldn't drive anyway. You fellas are drunk, like, legit. Couldn't even fucking walk, stumbling. I was like, I'm not going to jump in the truck with you fellas. We probably won't even make it. So I, I didn't tell them anything about the keys. And we went to sleep on it. About one to two o'clock in the morning, got a banging on our gate from some local downtown. Wake the fuck up, trying to, trying to wake us up. We all crashed out and went, wake up. Someone got up and went to go and see what was going on. What's up? You need to go downtown now. Uh, oh, what's going on? Just hurry up. And a few family members went downtown. Yeah, to find out that my cousin was lying dead on the side of the road downtown. He got stabbed up. Oh. Mm. So, 
yeah, that was that was that was just crazy, bro. And I woke up and the Eldafano came up into the batch, waking up all the cousins. Get up, fucking! What's going on? Black's dead. What the fuck? They all got up and all went downtown. Yeah, and it was just fucking taped off everywhere. And because he was just lying on the road, blanket on top of him, and yeah, and there was an altercation outside of that house that I stayed at the night before. Oh, yeah. So yeah, shit was crazy. Far out, man. What a story. Man, this is, um, man, I've got shivers, brother, straight up. Mm. Man. So, I mean, this was it. This was a, this was, um, um, how do I put it? Like the cousin, he was like the main role model we used to look up to. He wasn't, you know, he was, he was undefeated in the streets, you know, he was, he was, he was a golden glove boxer. He was, he had so much potential to be something and to do something that he just turned to the gang style of life, you know. And like I say, you know, he lived by the sword, he died by the sword. So that's what happened to the cuz. Like we we think, you know, like, you know, that's how he would have wanted it anyway. And right up to his last breath, that's exactly what he said pretty much. So he accepted what would happen to him. It was just out of it that I felt it before it came. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, man. So, um, but so... What sort of kept you from, um, you know, who sort of kept you out of trouble and out of that gang sort of um, scene, you know what I mean? Because um, it sounds like you would have been ripe for the picking, you know what I mean? Um, you know, from the things that you were doing and what you were going through. Yeah, brother, because um, I was, uh, to be honest, he was my role model. I wanted to step in his shoes next. I wanted to be the next one, but I knew I'd probably be the next one in the ground. So... Uh, Thank God, like I say again, back to reverting back to my grandparents being brought up by them, being you know learning what was right from wrong. I I knew that there wasn't the life, so I kept myself away from the trouble, brother, because there's no other you know role model, or someone telling me you know don't hang out with them, don't go that way. I had to tell myself, and um, I had hope that you know things are gonna not not even. It's not going to be like this forever. And um, I decided to leave the country. So I messaged my sister. I said to my sister, can you please help me get a ticket over to Australia? I want to get out of this lifestyle. I'm not loving it. Um, I'm probably going to be next in the ground. And, um, you know, it was pretty much, I just said it like it was because, you know, and my sister knew straight away, don't worry about it, bro. I got you. She got a ticket for me. And uh, yeah, I flew straight over to Australia and I lived there for about a year. And just to get away from all that, mm. that gang stuff, and all that negative shit. And I wanted to see life from a different perspective because I knew it was a way better lifestyle than what's happening back home. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, so how old were you when you went to Oz? I was 15, 16. Yeah. So, so it was, was everything. That not long that... after your cousin's death? Oh. That, was, that was pretty oh yeah that was pretty much straight away because mm. yeah soon after we put the cousin in the ground i was about to enroll back into school again for another year but i said no nah, i'm going to aussie fuck this i need a better life and i yeah. did i ended up going over to aussie moving over to aussie i lived with my sister um and bro I knew it. I was I was in heaven, bro. I loved it. I was like, yeah, I'm away from all the bad stuff. You know, I'm in a nice town. There's 
you know, whatever. And um, I got to experience, you know, diversity, um, meeting people of different um, ethnicities instead of just Māori and Pākehā. Got to meet Italians, you know, uh, Middle Easterns and Indians and everything, bro. And it was cool. Made heaps of friends and it was awesome and had a good, good experience over there. My sister um, ended up passing me on you know, to one of my cousins to go live with him in Sydney. And I lived there, and then um, I got to experience the life over those ways. So it was a cool, cool time. Got to live with my cousins, and um, and then um, bro, that only lasted about a year and a half, and then I got shipped back to New Zealand again due to some circumstances. Um, and but it was a good experience, bro. I loved it. It was cool. And came back to New Zealand, and then went right back into it again. So I was like, fuck, hell, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I I had to just yeah I'm turning seventeen now and I'm thinking fuck right I need to start start fucking you know getting 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 some money man or something so I ended up you know getting into bad shit bro that I've getting into like um you know like stealing and stuff and used to go to parties bro just to steal meet out the freezers not to get on the piss with everyone. You know, everyone who goes goes to parties go and have fun and catch up with their friends. Fuck, I was there just to try and get some food. Yeah. So yeah, used, used, to, used to go to all the rich houses and that stuff and raid the, the freezers and that. And yeah, go home. Yeah, mum got us some fucking steaks, got us this and that. Yeah. So those were the days having to try and think, carry on and figure out how am I gonna, you know, survive or live. Yeah. I got over stealing, bro. I got over stealing. I ended up stealing. I uh, did the one thing you shouldn't do is that steal from your family. And I stole a phone from my cousin. I ended up getting a mean hiding for that too that day. And, um, you know, because he's, you know, sort of thought I was, I don't know, maybe trying to feed a habit or something like I had a drug habit, but mm. I didn't. It was just, I'm the tutu fella, you know, <laughs> you just can't leave things alone. I'm always trying to fix things, trying to touch things and that stuff. So, yeah, that was just me learning, you know, what, you know, right from wrong in the streets, you know, if I can, they, they never steal from your family and that's what happened. So, yeah, I learned that lesson very quick growing up and then uh, I decided to get a job. So that's when I started working very and started doing every single job you could think of. Concrete laying, building, you know, landscaping, plumbing, electricity, fencing, farming, and everything, bro. So I had to go through all of those jobs, bro, just to, you know, just to get to where I am today. So, yeah. yeah. So when did um, bomb life into the picture, bro? So, so what is bomb life as well? You know what I mean? The concept and um, how did that all um, enter into your life? So this was at the time when Johnny Danger was in his prime. And I, bro, to be honest, bro, I didn't even like influences and all that stuff. I wasn't <laughs> into it, you know. I was like, yeah, just yeah. go to work, bro. Just you know, get some money, you know. And um, Johnny Danger was at his prime. He, he was doing all of that stuff. And I used to think, fuck this fellas out the gate. Fucking, why are you watching this rubbish? Fucking bullshit, <laughs> <again."> <laughs> Fucking, what an idiot. Fucking, <laughs> And then, uh, then, then, then he pulls out the old sweet fuck. Guess what? Finally, I can pull out my own beer. And I was thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, hey. And bro, and you know, he made a killing out of whatever, you know, sales and whatever and all that stuff. And um, bro, I looked up to him. I was thinking, fuck, bro, if you, if 
I was thinking, you know, like fucking people go to uni just to get paid and shit, and you know, go through all that hard shit, you know, and people have to pick up a shovel and dig a whole fucking 10 hours a day just to get paid. And this fellow gets to be an idiot and get paid. Fuck, I'm in with that one. <laughs> so that's what I did, bro. I was like thinking, fuck, I'm keen. But I didn't, I didn't have no, like, there's nothing funny about me, you know, the shit that I went through. I couldn't, you know, like, fuck, I had to be honest. I'm not going to fake something to try and, you know, get likes and that stuff. Mm. And, um, but I knew one thing was back home, we do a lot of bombing and kapia straight off the bridge, off the wolf and off the roof and that stuff. So I was thinking, hmm, I love bombing. I'd love to share share with everyone. I'd love to see what everyone's got to see where the talent's at. So I was thinking, sweet, I'll go make me a page. Bro, before Bomb Life New Zealand's Facebook page was out, there was way more bomb pages. Like they were doing mean, bro, like 10,000 likes and followers. That that was high back in those days for a New Zealand Facebook page anyway. And um, yeah, bro, so I made a compilation video of all my bombs throughout the throughout the years and I sent it to them. And you know, they put up the bomb videos. Yeah, they didn't put my ones up. And I was thinking, hey, is there any reason why? Nah, they didn't. Then respond nothing and oh fuck is then I'll make my own page. So I did. So I made a page and I sat there for a week trying to figure out what the name what name I could make it. And I was still doing my nine to five job at the time. I was washing houses and stuff and there was my mahi. And I was thinking bombing, bombing in New Zealand, bomb, fuck something. And then I realized, bro, you're gonna have to make a name that's versatile, something that's gonna last a long time, you know, like how they got Nike and all that stuff. Like, bro, that's been thousands of years way back in the Greeks. That's a Greek yeah, word. Like, yeah, exactly. so I'm thinking, yeah. I want something like that, something that's like Jesus or something. Hmm. So I thought, you know, it's, well, think about it. What is it? Well, it's bombing. And what is it? It's a lifestyle. It's us, it's, you know, it's what we do. And um, so I was thinking, well, put it together, bomb life. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, bomb life sounds mean, rolls off the tongue, it's all good. And we'll put New Zealand at the end of it because just to make it official. Mm. So that's all we did, bro. I made bomb life New Zealand. And I remember when I only had 50 followers, bro, and all my cousins were cracking up at me like, fuck yeah, what a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> what a dreamer, bro. Fucking, you ain't even going to get anywhere. I'm like, why you make a dumb page like that? You're 25 years old, you fucking, you know, and you decide to make a page, yeah, leave it to the kids. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm allowed to do something, you know, have fun and do whatever I want to do. Like, yeah. Fuck you. Not going to do it, bro. That year that I actually, um, oh, hang on. So go back a bit. So the thing that made my page blow up like so fast was that, and it was just the basic like method, bro, that other pages could have done. The other pages, they only put up the best looking bombs. I'll put up everyone's. So when you put the best ones up, yeah, you get heaps of likes and looks. But when you put everyone's up, it brings in more people. And it was just, it was just common sense. So I was like, well, sweet. So I'll put up even the dumbest bombs, bro. But I had a an attitude at it where I was like, good on you, bro. Encouragement. Keep going, bro. Keep working on it. And everyone else, ah, I was like, bro, don't put them down. You know, this is, weird. This is something we love to do. You know, so I wanted to take that stigma away from it, the old fucking out. If you, you know, if you're a shit bomb, shop, uh, if you're shit at doing bombs, don't bother doing them. You know, leave, leave it to the best ones. And I wanted everyone to jump in, don't matter if you're good or bad. You know, at least you're giving it a crack. So, and then I, um, then yeah, that's how I created a larger audience. And I love, and I also realized that these bomb pages before me, they weren't interacting with their followers. So I was like, sweet, I'll interact with you. So I got to create a relationship with my followers um, 
and and talk with them and you know share stuff with them and you know it was pretty cool. That same year that I started Bomb Life NZ on Facebook, they had the first national bomb comp down Taipo, and I entered into it and I told them I was. I spit a bit of shit at them. I told them, oh, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I'm, you know, head representative, you know, on Life New Zealand and blah, blah. <laughs> spat some game at them. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, bah, yeah, you know what I mean? Me, me, we'll see you down here. Yep, sweet ass. But, and they expected me to roll up in like a hearse, a oh, fucking limo or some fucking thing. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I pulled up and the the shit. It was hard case, bro. What the fuck is this? They thought I'll come out in a suit or something. Fuck like, yeah, came out with a fucking towel around my fucking neck, fucking shorts on, glory ears. And um, yeah, I entered the comp and I, I won the first year. I took it out. And um, they, they they were like, bro, fuck. You know what I mean? Bro, like, are you keen to, would you be keen to judge next year? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm keen. But I'm, I'm, I more want to compete. I want to see what talent's out there. And they were like, yeah, but judging will get you paid. And I was like, hey, shit. You know, my father looking at me like, bro, take it out, take it. And I was thinking, fuck. Okay, yeah, now, well, what are we talking? They said, well, how much do you want? And I was just thinking, oh, you know, 50 bucks, you know, if I can give me some gas and some food. And my father was like, no, no, come here, come here, come here, fucking team huddle. And you're like, bro, no, this is serious, bro. Like, look at this platform that they got up. Look at the money they put into it. But you think giving you 50 bucks gas and the car, bro, that's pretty much free. Mm. You know, like, bro, that's, they can pay you, bro, straight up. Think about it. So I was thinking, okay. So I gave them a, an out-of-it number, bro, and they paid it. Fuck. An out-of-it number, and they paid Dude. it. And I was fuck, this is mean. Then I realized, bro, where I'm going with this Facebook page is fucking pretty pretty cool. Like, I can, I can expand on this and make something out of this. So I started judging the next year. Then I judged the next year. And then I judged the next year. And I realized, bro, fuck, I'm also gaining the status of this, you know, like um, even media, bro, when drownings happened, even on Waikato Times, Stuff New Zealand, um, News Hub, they came to me for, uh, um, what do you call it? They came to me for a, um, like a comment mm-hmm. on anything. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, are you, what are you fucking asking me for? You know, I'm just at work at the moment. I don't know, I've got nothing to do with it. And they said, you are, you're the bombing thing. So we need to know why this child died or something um, drowned in this, in this, in this area. And I started to get a bit more personal and a bit more um, serious. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. It wasn't just about fun anymore. It was about being held responsible for a lot of people. Uh, when it comes to bombing, so I had to put that chain, take that fun hat off and put on a serious hat. And then I ended up um, trying to encourage um, safer bombing because, bro, people were sending in some out the gate videos like bombing on cars, bombing in puddles, you know, mm-hmm. bombing off ladders and someone's holding the ladder and fucking <laughs> out the gate shit. So I was the filter, bro, to stop people from doing stupid stuff. Because yeah. I was teaching kids how to do it, and the kids wanted to do the stupid stuff, and I was telling them, "No, do the stay the safe stuff. You know, don't don't be silly. Like, have fun. You know, well, 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 how much more fun do you need? Mm. You know, like, it's fun, bro. Just enjoy yourself." So that was me, bro, trying to filter it throughout the years, and um, then I started a Snapchat account, and then they got to see me in a different different light. They got to see not just the Facebook brand, but they got to see the man who's the front. Of, of of bomb life, so they got to see what I do on a daily. 
they got to see me making moves. They got to see me doing interviews with, with um, you know, TV shows and with documentaries and all this stuff. And you, and they got to see things behind the scenes, and it was pretty cool, bro. I, I started to create this big audience following me all over the world, and it was just was just it just happened so so fast. And then um, my bros reckon, bro, now that you've got an audience and you're getting paid for judging, would you ever get into clothes? And I was thinking, ooh, yeah, I'm keen. And they said, bro, it'll amplify your income straight up. And it's like, we all sat down, had to think about it, planning it, yeah, no, we'll try this. So I started my first clothing line. And uh, it was just a couple of shirts, bro, fucking straight out of the like, Kmart or warehouse, just started off getting the basic thing, got them printed. Fucking, you know, hustled them out my boot, bro. And bro, people were just buying them. And I was like, fuck, man, this is gangster. This is even more income. And then, um, yeah, I started, you know, getting better at, at, at my clothing, like my fabrics and stuff, getting better. I got better. I got to learn how to link with eight, uh, got to uh, work with people in China. Um, they can send me, you know, materials or send me ideas and I'll send it back to them. And then, fucking, that's how my clothing label sort of got up there. Um, stepping in uh, as I as I started to progress and get better in business, my income from my bomb life from bomb life started to get higher in my nine five, and this was the thing that was telling me, bro, fuck, you can leave your job now. It's up to you, bro. It's up to you. And I was thinking, fuck, I hate this job. <laughs> I fucking hate this job. But now that I'm getting more with Bomb Life, I'm loving this job because I'm mm. getting their money too. Mm. So it changed my mindset to think that fucking, you know, I work my nine to five to feed my dream. Yeah, but my dream is now fucking getting higher than my um, nine to five. But I'm starting to like this nine to five because it feels like free money. Yeah. So I had this mean mindset. I was like, no, I'm going to stick at this job and I'm going to turn up late. So I don't care. I'm gonna, <laughs> fuck, you know, just give me your money, you know, you know. And that's what I did, bro. And I was fucking. Yeah, I was just getting like, you know, I was doing well financially and that stuff. Being a young fella too, I was about 20, 20, 25, 26. And I was, I was just loving life at that stage, bro. And I was in the gym doing my things. So I was looking after myself, single. And I had, you know, like no commitments. And I was able to go to interviews and interview um, interviews and stuff like that. So it was mean, bro. It was like the prime of bomb life at that, at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then this is when it all came tumbling down. So I ended up meeting the manager. Oh, manager, I'm meeting this, oh, this lady. She messaged me on Snapchat. She said, hey, do you have anyone managing your guys' um, merch? And I said, uh, no, nah, don't. And it's quite overwhelming that I might have to leave my jobs. And she goes, how about I manage for you? And I was like, okay, I'm listening. She goes, I'll start up a website for you. Um, and I'll start up a bank account for you. You can run all that stuff. But I, I don't want anything back. I just want to help. And I said, oh, yeah, sweet as. So I go, I get her to do it, and um, she did it, bro, and made a mean website. She done well, got the bank account things sorted, three days. Like she created a mean relationship with me, and we we just bounced off each other with ideas and bettering the business, bro. And we did. She fucking knew she could work, bro. She was on. And then she goes, "How about I start posting away your merch?" And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be mean." So I got her to do it, and she did it, bro. She done a mean job about a year and um she came up with mean ideas for like babies clothes toddlers and that stuff and 
all these things that all these other social media influencers never even thought of, bro. We were running the game at that time. Mm. I think there was no competition. I was the one who got um like ice. If you go back to um oh they didn't have the Facebook anymore, but J Muck and it's the breathers and that stuff. If you got it um go right back to their pages, you can see them wearing my bomb life clothes. This was back before they had the breathers gears and all that stuff and they had J Muck stuff. So that's when I started linking up with all of the bros back in the day. And um yeah, this manager, she I I had a birthday in Australia over in November, fuck, I can't remember what year, bro. But right on my birthday, bro, she told me um, she quit. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, sweet as all good. I'll come back and we'll go and sort it out. She goes, nah, I'm taking everything. And I was like, what the fuck? So she took all my merch, bro. She took all my money. She done a runner, bro. What? And left me high and dry in Australia. No yeah. shit, bro. This is, this is where all that rip-off um, thing from all the followers and that oh, came from it was she started it yeah 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 so um this is what they don't know and only only a few know about that that story because they were the ones that were hit by it too they were waiting for their clothes and I tried to reason with her online and tell her like no it's all good you know you're doing a good job of because I knew she was gonna do a runner yeah. And she'll like, now you're doing a good job. Just wait for me to come back straight up. Or help you or do anything. And the reason why, bro, she decided to do a runner was because she was starting to get um attached to me, like fucking like, you know, she she wanted she wanted something out of me, you know, and um I didn't want it because I was like, no, nah, you don't mix business for pleasure. And she was like, I'll set up a hotel for us. And I was like, yeah, nah. I just want you to manage my stuff. And then she was just like, oh, well, fuck, get in. All good. I'm out. I'll take all the stuff. And I was like, oh, bro. Oh. And that's what happened, bro. So I felt, bro, I was devastated. I still am, bro. It's, that's why I sort of can't trust having anyone run build bomb life with me because I'm scared they'll do the same thing. And bro, the scariest thing is that she, she, bro, she proved their worth. Eh? She showed her worth, and that was out of it, bro. When she just straight up and did that, fucking out of and, it, yeah. yeah, bro. And to find out that um, she was also just recently, my cousin knows her. She told me that she was um, she's selling, bro. This is Ratchet, bro, and I hope fucking something comes back on him, which I don't want to spiritually, <laughs> whatever. But um, she, she's been selling those um necklaces those emergency ones for the old people they push the button and the ambulance comes over and um they they gets connected straight to a um to an ambulance depot or whatever something like that mm-hmm. and uh, they go over to, yeah well, she's selling them bro and they're not attacked they're not um linked to anything so she's selling them to our old oh. people but they're not even fucking working so she's been like that for years apparently Oh, good now. She's down in Whanganui, yes. We should. You know the program, what's, oh, fucking, Swade Wallace, the rapper? Oh, no. Swade, oh, bro, he's, he's, he's the man, bro, young, young Cliff. Like, he he told me about a year when I met him, and I was, he goes, brother, what happened with your clothes? And I said, oh, do you know this girl, blah, blah, blah? He goes, oh, bro, fuck, I know who She used to be a prostitute. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> What were we yeah. that surprised? <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah. 
I was surprised no one told me the warning signs because she was in my social media too and no one even told me anything. She ended up selling all my stuff to, um, for cheap down in Whanganui. And I was gutted as and those clothes belonged to someone else. And I'm like, you fuck. So yeah, bro, that's what happened the first time with that shit. So um, yeah. I linked up, so I linked up with um all the boys, bro. Everyone you can think of, um, Lion Reason and all of the bros back in the day. I was real close. We all used to be tight, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is one story I want to talk about. And um yeah, so when I feel oh, so I linked up with J Mark, MK, Brother Floyd, Bolt Gaines, NZ, all the bros, TC, um, Trex, fuck, all the oldies, bro. Fuck. We were all tight once upon a time. We all used to link up and, you know, online, we even had our own chat group and Snapchat. This is when we didn't really care about Instagram, we were just mm. focused on Snapchat. And, um, Bro, we were all like a family, eh? It was like a big basket, bro, like a kete. And we all came back to this kete and we put something of our value into it to help each other rise, you know? Like, my one was wisdom, so I'll put my wisdom in the kete and the bros will take it, yeah, sweet ass, and someone will add in some humour and then we'll all grab that and, yeah, I mean. And um, all the brothers started to do their own thing, which was pretty cool. Like, it's good to expand and do your own thing. I think that's awesome. And the brothers have... But I sort of missed that um, that aroha, you know, that when everyone got together, we got to bounce off ideas. You know, I used to get phone calls, random ones from J-Mark used to tell me, um, yeah, brother, what do you think about this idea? I'm thinking of leaving the Reavers or something, you know, I'm thinking of going on my own or doing something. And I was like, brother, you can do anything you want to do, you know, like, go do it. And you get a call from another bro, oh, I want to do this, you know, I want to do that. Brother, do it. Fuck, smash it. I got you. If you need a shout out, let's do it. But it all changed for some reason. And um, you know, when I when I got went through all that negative stuff with me losing my manager and I lost a lot of bros in the social media game. I was always there for the bros when they needed me. Um, even if they didn't, for I'll still fly in and you know, give them some other or whatever. So yeah, I lost a lot of um yeah, a lot of contact with the bros nowadays. A lot of bros in the social media game. Which is fine. It just is what it is, bro. It just comes with the comes with it, bro. So yeah, a lot happened in my social media career. And this is all this is what the public doesn't see see, huh? You know what I mean? They don't see the the realities of, you know, being an influencer and the hardships that come with fame, I guess, isn't it, brother? I mean, with, with fame mm. and money comes a whole bunch of other crap, you know? Straight up, brother. That's all I've ever wanted was to encourage people to be a better them, and that's the bomb life. So, bomb life changed from doing bombs in the water to living a life that's the bomb. You know, mm. that's the whole, that's the mission statement. Yep. So, yeah, it's always been that way, and it always will be. So, yeah. so I mean, well, to, to, to sort of the young people out there, would you recommend it, brother, being an influencer and um, getting into the whole social media space? And, um, well, what's some warnings? You know what I mean? What, how would you warn people um, against certain things? And I'll say, brother, to all our rangatahi out there, bro, he can be anything he's want to be. 
you know, you can do anything you want to do. If you want to be an influencer, so be it. You know, for me, it just happened. I didn't want to be one. It just got, I just got put in those situations and that's what happened. But for the youth, you know, you can definitely be an influencer. Um, what have you got to give to the people? And, you know, that's different from someone else, you know, um, are you unique in certain ways? Like, do you have a, a burning fire in your belly, you know, that you know that people will respect what you say and whatever you do? Um, don't just go in a full, for the clout or just because just you want to be well-known. Because trust me, the moment you go into it for that, you ain't going to last long. Mm-hmm. Um, negative criticism is everywhere. Um, they'll hate you when you're doing good. They'll hate you when you're doing bad. But at the end of the day, just do it because you love it, not because, you know, you want to impress people. Um, keep an eye, like, put two eyes in the back of your head because there's people out there who will be your friend one moment, one minute, but the moment you fall down, they'll be laughing at you. Um, be careful who you make friends with. Be careful who you link with. Don't hang out with the person that talks about other people because nine times out of ten, they'll talk about you. Um, yep, speak your truth. Um, sometimes you don't need to speak your truth because it's hard to explain it to someone who are you know it's like arguing with someone against the brick wall or something you know so um, you're never going to be liked by everyone you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea you know um, but as long as what you're doing is is right in your heart and it's within this best, your best interest and you feel that it's going to help someone somewhere or you know then you can't go wrong so yeah, you could be anything you want to be, you know, just figure out before you decide to get into the game is figure out what what have you got for the people? Like, what are you going to give back to them? Yeah. Yeah, solid, brother, solid. Man, what a yarn, bro. I'm loving this yarn, brother, honestly, yeah, bro. It's, um, man, just uh, so much um, you've been through, man, and um, just coming out on top and, um, you know, not having gone to prison, bro. You know what I mean, man? Yeah. Like, um, that's a miracle, brother. You know what I mean? Brother. Like, um, yeah, it's yeah. a miracle, man. So, um, what, so we, what's your future plans, brother? So we, we, we're heading to now, man. What's going on for you at the moment? So do you still stay out in coffees or, bro? Or, um, yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty much out there almost every, every week, every second day. So pretty much say I do live out there. Um, um, at the stage, brother, my goal is just to try and rebuild this Instagram page, um, get back this following and, um, that I lost after all those accounts, losing those accounts was pretty ratchet. It was all my hard work, all my years worth of content all out the door. So having to So was that try because of what had happened with your manager as well? Because like you were verified by Instagram and everything, eh? Um, no, nah, I wasn't, brother. I wasn't verified by Instagram. I wasn't verified by Snapchat either. It was just that, um, I don't know, just a mountain mountain full of things just came falling down on me. Mm-hmm. Just one thing after the other, you know, um, losing my, um, you know, oh, well, fuck, actually going back to when um, I got back into merch again, that's when I met my partner at the time. Um, that was Marley. And um, we ended up, you know, acing at life and business and we started, you know, doing well. And then um, I failed um, at um, delivering on time my merch. So that was my fault that that happened at the recent time when I, um, with all my merchandise going out the window, what it usually happens is on New Year's Eve, I take a a break, a holiday away from the game and I go to um, festivals and that and then I'll post merch after. 
yeah, well, what happened with that situation was that um, um, I failed, bro. I, I, I um, I couldn't deliver on time. I was bloody way backlogged and had so much orders coming, and I couldn't sort out all at once. I was going to festivals, went to One Love, then the first one in Gold Coast, and I was just, bro, my head wasn't even all there in the business. And um, I was going through complications with my relationship too. So shit was real hard trying to balance our business and that. And, you know, that's what happens when your mind, when you're mentally not strong and you're not fit, you know, you can't really multitask or do things well. And that's what happened. I slipped up, fucked up. And then um, my relationship went falling down and I went through so much shit with that shit as well. And then I lost my Instagram accounts, which meant I lost customers. I lost my followers. So I couldn't... um, allocate an order to a customer because I don't know where he's gone because my Instagram's got deleted. So I couldn't figure out how am I going to find, you know, find these people, how am I going to, and um, I got thrown all over the um, social media again with all that shit again. And then the people from the first time when my manager done a runner, they jumped in on it too. And they said, yeah, no, we're not the only ones. We're going through this shit. So it just amplified and it went, went crazy. This was when I just got back from Australia from one love and, um, yeah, I was just throwing through the through social media, bro. That's a that was pretty it was pretty hard to take. Um, yeah, yeah, bro. And then I ended up getting told from my mum that she's diagnosed from cancer too, and that sort of hit me harder too. I was thinking, fuck, just just you know, it happened to the old man. Now it's gonna happen to the old lady, and it really affected me mentally. And I couldn't tell these people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that made it worse, bro, for the haters to go crazier was when I replied to what they were saying, like. All my bros left me, fucking turned their back on me and like gapped it. And social media bros do. They're like, nah, fuck this. We don't want to hang out with heads because he's, you know, he's a stain. He's, he's just fucking, you know, if we hang out with him, we're going to fucking get all hated too. And all my sponsors got messaged by all my haters saying, don't work with him. He's a ripoff. He's a fucking blah, 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 blah. And they didn't even know the whole story. And I had no time. To, I told everyone my response was, um, and this is, this is, um, I said that I suffer from, um, from from stress um i i've suffered from depression and and i still do from time to time um and that's when everyone jumped on it they're like ah now this fella thinks he's he's got to use you know mental health as a thing but they didn't listen to me i said but this situation doesn't affect me because i chose not to let the haters you know get to me i said i'll talk to the customers when it comes to it i'll talk to them and i'll tell them myself but as for those, if you haven't ordered, then you don't earn no apology, you know. So it was like, but they all seen it as a thing of me just being arrogant, and they seen me, you know. But I was like, no, nah, I'm standing up to this because I'm sick of this, you know. I'm sick of being thrown under the bus for so long for two forties years. Yeah, I, 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 I admit that I fucked up on this one, but you fellas, like, you're just you're sounding a bit louder than me right now. Like, I'm mm. trying to, you know, let me talk to the people who have something to do with it, not to those who don't. So, and people were telling me, even social media followers, bro, you just own up. And I was like, I am, but I'm not owning up to these people who've, who trying to, you know, throw me under the bus for something that I, you know, like they're making up allegations and saying I'm a rapist and they're saying all this shit, bro, doing everything they can, bro. They, they one of them made up a thing about their own baby saying that I said, oh, they made up a fake chat, bro, about me saying that their baby was Down syndrome. And I was like, oh, bro. And I screenshotted it today, and, and it was all over Facebook. 
And this is when everyone started to realise that it was all shit. Was they seen that the um, display picture on on that chat was different to mine? And I was like, bro, you fucked up there. Like you could have used my one and made it look real, but you didn't. And everyone realised, nah, heads wouldn't say that. He's not like that. He wouldn't say anything like that. So they realised, well, what's true anymore? What do we believe? You know, because everyone was believing everything. The bandwagon was so long, bro. It was crazy. So, yeah, they made up so much shit, bro. And at the same time, I had to try and save my relationship. So, and mum being sick, so I had to take her to hospitals and, you know, people throwing shit at the van, bro, at my car and going up my ass and running off the road. People oh. yelling at their cars and from the streets laughing at me, bro. When I go into town, like, girls look at me and laugh and I'm like, what the hell? You know, and it just fucks you up mentally, bro, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, man. I had to put up a water shit. Oh man, that's fucked, bro. Straight up. Yeah, hard out. But I tell you what, bro. To be honest, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I'm, I wish I could take everyone's pain and take it with me because, bro, you got to be strong to fucking with those shoes, bro. Mm. Straight up, put up with all that stuff and be thrown under the bus time and time again, and having to rebuild your business time and time again, and still trying to be happy and positive. Yeah, brother, yeah. for sure, and man. Not- like you carry yourself well, my bro. You carry yourself yeah. well, brother, with all of that. I think I have no choice, but I have to, brother. You know, it's my, it's my calling. It's my, mm. you know, it's it's why I'm here. You know, it's, it's not over. Until, yeah. yeah, it's not over until it's over. So. That's why they bird when I see that bird or I hear that bird, bro. I know straight away there's my strength. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's just telling me, you know, keep doing your thing. So yeah, bro. So that's a, that's this is you at the moment. I just I'm getting all of that back and um building it up better. Yeah, bro. This just, time smarter. Yeah, bro. Why is it this time taking everything that I've I've learned from all my mistakes that I've learned from owning my shit too, mm. and yeah. you know not being perfect, bro, and just fucking, you know, just starting to go back to my roots again, like going back home to Carpia, you know, back to where it all began. That's why I love going back home just to get a taste of the beginning and 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 being where I was brought up just sort of grounds me, keeps me humble and um. You know, it's a reminder for me that whenever I'm out there in public and people are taking photos with me or whatever, I still, you know, I don't lose sight of the fact where I come from and everything. Even when I hear that bird, you know, I might feel like I'm going in the town, bougie ass, and I'm all dressed up. As soon as I hear that bird, that bird bro, I'm going back to my dumb boots, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, solid, brother, solid. Yeah, brother, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't care how long it takes for me to get back to where I was, or to even be better than where I am. But as long as I stay who I am, I don't care how long it takes. You know, because I'm not gonna do a quick fix and just to be a fake person and get likes, just to try and get better to where I was. Because I'm never gonna get that way. You know, doing it that way anyway. I'd rather just be myself and just go with the flow. So that's where I'm at right now, bro. Trying to rebuild my Instagram page, rebuild myself, and um, restructure everything. And you know. Try and just be more um open and own you know like um back in the day i was slightly a little bit arrogant yeah hard um i think that needed to happen to lose those instagram pages just to humble myself there a little bit more and um now i get to you know just be more open with my followers and that and yeah just hopefully get one back one day at a time and yeah so yeah because 
All right, man. Heads to who you, man. My man. Straight up, bro. I've loved this chat, man, with your um you know, there was a lot I didn't know about you, obviously. I just follow you on Instagram, but um yeah. man, the respect's just gone ten times what it was, man. Um Good luck, bro. All right, thank you so also much. Wanna, yeah, yep, yep. I also wanna thank you too, my bro, because so I was the same yesterday in terms of podcasters, bro. They only go for those ones that are up there, you know, mm. already on the podium wearing the gold medal, you know, and getting all that, you know. Talking about their success, bro, when really podcasts, you know, bro, I respect more that when they interview someone actually going through adversity, going through the hard times, going through the struggle. That's where the real stories are. That's all I related to you, bro, when you said how you started Bomb Life, man. Like, I really related with what you were saying, man. Like, yeah, don't worry about the people on the podiums and all of that, man. You know, people going through it, you know? Hard out, brother. Like straight up, it's it's cool when you when you interview everyday people. You know, mm. people going through it because you know someone at homes. You know, they don't want to. Well, it's okay. It's good, you know, to look up to someone out there when they've reached the, um, a certain point in their life of success. But bro, it's just that that more humbling when you hear a story from someone that's actually you know owned his shit, went through shit, fucking still going through shit, but trying their best to get you know get out of it. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you for that, my bro. Thank you for that. So, um, before we wrap it up, bro, is there any sort of um any other messages you'd like to say, man? For um, you know, some youth out in Kafia at the moment around New Zealand, you know. Yeah. Um... Uh, yep. Definitely. I just want to say, you know, it's all our rangatahi out there, like um, and our brothers too. Our brothers going through mental stress, mental health, and our sisters finding that hard. You know, please be strong. Um, you know, there's always a better day, like I say. You know, it might not be today, but it could be tomorrow for our rangatahi out there. Like, um, where you guys are our future. Um, we like, I'm hoping that we get um, some awesome leaders come out of these. And if you're, you know, I hope you look up to good influences or good, good role models. And hopefully, you guys have listened to my story and taken something out of it and hope you have um you know incorporated something good into your lives where you can better yourself um you might be going through a tough time right now and you probably don't have the power to control that in your life because you're so young and you know but um everything will blow over as long as you stay positive um do everything with an open heart you know um violence isn't always the always the way sometimes it's best to they got the saying and it's um you know let peace be unto you you know and um just stay stay proud of who you are never forget where you come from and everything you do do yeah do with an open heart and um give it heaps that's what life's about that's the bomb life it's about living a life that's the bomb it's about encouraging people to be a better them you know be better than yesterday and I'm hopeful for better tomorrow. So that's it. Cheer my brother. Exactly, man. Bomb life, man. Living a life. That's the bomb. I love that, brother. It's, it's, All right, it's, man. It's, well, again, man, much appreciations for jumping on, man. It means a lot, bro, for you to do this for me, man. So, um, yeah, much love, much respect. And, um, yeah, man, if I'm ever out in Kafi or wherever, if you're ever here in Auckland, man, holla at me or holla at you. No hesitation, bro. I'd love to catch up for a coffee or something, brother. Definitely, cuz that's us. If you come over home, that's us, cuz I'll set it up for you. Sorted. Yeah. Sweet, my bro. Sounds good. All right, peace out, my bro. Yeah, much more, brother. Thank you.